0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday and Friday, our Old Testament passages will be from the four servant songs found in the book of the prophecies of Isaiah. Each of these songs display different character traits or attributes of a servant of the Most High God. Alongside those servant readings, we will be following a mostly chronological account of the last week of Jesus' life, as told in the Gospel according to St. John. And at various points, Those readings do intersect, but not necessarily on the same day that we read them. So keep these passages, these two passages, each night, this week, in your minds as we work our way through the Passion. The servant found in Isaiah is something of a mysterious character. He is not explicitly named. And depending on your point of view as a Jew living in exile, the servant may be the new Davidic king who was to rule over Israel and Judah once again. Or the servant is a representation of the entire nation of Israel, all the offsprings of Abraham who fulfill and live into the Torah, into the law, and indeed do become lights, that enlighten the nations, as this particular reading suggests. But if the servant is indeed a Davidic king, and does indeed fulfill all the commands that come forth in his calling, then this king would be the messiah, the anointed one of God and this messiah does come and bring justice to the nations christians have identified this servant as jesus our messiah our king and when one reads with an eye on the person of jesus and another eye looking at these servant songs One can see the parallels between them. Jesus comes both as the Messiah, but also as the servant. He comes to bring justice and peace. He comes as a light to the world. He opens the eyes of the blind, and he does indeed Release all of us from the dungeon and darkness of sin. And as we will watch and reenact on Thursday, he shows and displays this as an example of all of us in the simple washing of feet, the becoming of a slave, so that we might learn how to be a servant. And to do the same work that he has done, we do it ourselves. Which leads us to the gospel for this evening. Mary is washing the feet of Jesus. She is preparing him for his own death. In John chapter 11, the chapter just prior to our passage this evening, we find the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Now, the complexity of John 11 and John 12 is so rich with imagery and foreshadowing of events of this week that we sometimes look over these details and forget them because John draws them out to show us who Jesus is. When Lazarus, Martha and Mary's brother, was in the tomb, Jesus orders the tomb to be opened, but Martha protests because of the stench, the smell of death that would fill the lungs of the bystanders. Now, Mary has come, and the smell is not the smell of death and decay, but instead is the fragrance of rich perfume. Along with that, Mary understands discipleship so well, in fact, that she washes Jesus' feet without asking or him telling her to. Yet, we must remember that Jesus has to demonstrate to his disciples at the Last Supper what discipleship looks like when he washes their feet. Before they understand. It is Mary's love of her Lord. That drives and compels her actions. Over and against this whole scene stands Judas. And Judas is known in this passage as both the betrayer. And as a thief. Jesus warns us about Judas's. A few chapters prior in chapter 10 of St. John's Gospel, when Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd, in contrast to the thief. The thief is the one who tries to enter the sheepfold by climbing over, not walking in the gate. And his goal is to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. Judas being both greedy and a thief, steals from the common purse. He orchestrates the arrest of Jesus that leads to Jesus' death. And in all of this, he attempts to destroy the fledgling church with his own visions of revolution and power. One other thing that we must remember 2, that's not present in our reading, but comes just a few verses before it, is this. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is arrested and tried because he raised Lazarus from the dead. Many of the Jews had believed in Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God, after he raised Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. And because of this, the chief priests and the Pharisees met to discuss all the political ramifications of this new problem. They were afraid that the Romans would destroy the temple, the city, and the nation if Jesus continued performing signs, like raising Lazarus. And so the plan became this. We must put Jesus to death to save our skins. And because there can be no trace of the work and wonder that Jesus had done, they conspired, as the end of our gospel passage says. The chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well. No proof, no living reminders A clean and tidy conspiracy to keep the temple authorities in power. Three questions to ponder on this Fig Monday of Holy Week. First, when do you collude with power? or plot against people so that you can maintain your own dominance or even your own status quo? When are you like the temple officials who demand that all traces of someone else's good works be forgotten because what they have done is a threat to you? Second, how have you been Judas and let greed drive your life? When have you been the thief who robs, kills, and destroys? When have you let your own desire for money turn you into someone who would sell out their friend? And third, what can you do now to become more like Mary? How can you serve our blessed Lord without being told what to do and instead to perform good works because of your love of him who died? For us, grant, we pray to you, Almighty God, that as the frailty of our nature does often lead us to faint in the midst of so many adversities, grant that we may be restored by the merits of the passion of your only begotten Son our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.